Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the next Keep Canada Weird episode. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is an ongoing series in which my pal Aaron and I seek out and explore some of the most interesting Canadian news stories and topics from the last week. In tonight's episode, Aaron and I are going to discuss a rat problem in Newfoundland, we're going to take the Putin out of poutine, and we'll investigate two of Canada's greatest urban legends. Is Justin Trudeau the son of Fidel Castro? And did McDonald's buy Tim Horton's coffee beans? We'll answer those questions and a few more tonight. So let's get into it. Aaron Airport. It's Tuesday night. That can only mean one thing. What's about to get weird? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. How are you doing? Oh, good, good. Uh, hanging in there, you know, just taking her day by day. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do as well. Yeah. Is anything new with you? Is there anything going on in your neighborhood or your community or among your people? My people. <laughs> Cape Bretoners. Cape Bretoners. Okay. Yeah, you're, um, or as or use people. Who? Use people, I think is what you would say if you're referring to a group of people from Cape Breton. Use people. Use. Oh, I thought you said news people. Oh no, my use God. people. Or yuz. Yuz. Mm, what's going on with the buys? Kind yeah. Of yeah. I don't know. I don't, uh, I feel like I don't have, just because I don't have Facebook, I, I really feel like I don't have any idea what anybody's up to. Hmm. Well, you're not except missing Except for much. you. I, yeah, yeah, we stay in touch. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as someone who does have Facebook and who will leave the house on occasion, I'll tell you, you're not missing much. It's no. kind of a, um, a pretty grim wasteland everywhere outside of probably the room you're in right now. It's, uh, it's it's hard it's, out there. Yeah, which is which is why not having Facebook is good. I don't want you know I don't want to see everything. I just I just want to see what's what's happening in my day to day. This not having Facebook is this like some kind of like protest or are you one of those privacy nuts? Is there any story behind that? I'm not a privacy nut. I have a cell phone. Anything that any government or organization wants to know about me has access to it. I've submitted to that. Okay. So the Facebook is just nothing. You're just, you're not going. It's just, it was a little too much information. Okay. A little too much, just stuff. I can respect that. I was getting lost in it. I was just getting lost in it. Yeah. I've enjoyed not having it, but I don't know what anybody's up to. Okay. It reminds me of my uh, father-in-law. He was, uh, his, he had like a flip phone, cell phone, and it broke and he needed to get a new one. And uh, Mrs. Nighttime was trying to help him pick one out and like a new replacement cell phone and all the repl- all the new phones like had advertised like you know that had like the all these different buttons and you could do this and that and he asked uh mrs nighttime if this phone she was recommending did texting and she's like yeah it does texting and he's like i don't want to get into that and he didn't want the phone anymore <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> anyway so i guess texting to him is i guess he wants to avoid what's happened to you with facebook but you were able to step away from it so good on you i was yeah i was i stepped away and mm-hmm. my account is officially closed okay so don't bother looking for it uh aaron stands um, and, yeah yeah <laughs> and, and feel free to add anyone with a similar name to mine and message them <laughs> they're probably nice well actually there's a few jordan bonaparte's uh one is a um an african-american singer so we look very different and i actually thought about connecting with him and seeing if he wanted to come on the show and just kind of talk about life as jordan bonaparte but mm. that may still happen um but before we get into that so or well, we're not going to get into that tonight. That may never happen. But uh, before we talk, yeah, more... <laughs> nor should it. <laughs> <laughs> before we talk more about that, um, yeah. I want to I want to get into some feedback we got from listeners. the The most recent episode of Keep Canada Weird really got people fired up. Uh, mm-hmm. I, so I'm going to go through a few of them here, and I think that these some of these voicemails voice memos are going to take us in some interesting directions. But the first one is somebody who had a lot to say about our pizza eating 
habits. If you recall, no, really, yeah. No. I oh, like. I'm glad we're back to this. All yeah. right. So I said in the last episode, I like to fold it and eat it as like a really wide thing. I find it neater and more organized. I think you like to eat it like t- toppings down. If I'm not mistaken. No, well, no, you mis you misunderstood. Okay. Um, I eat the toppings off, so I have the the piece of pizza on a plate, uh-huh. and I pick the toppings off and eat them with my hand. Oh, like a child until they're no, like a grown man, mm-hmm. and. Until there are no toppings or cheese left, and then I eat the bread and sauce okay. on its own. It's two separate things. All right. Well, let's see how uh, Rose does it. Hi, Jordan and Aaron. It's Rose. I'm just calling about your last Cape Canada Weird episode. Um, all of my comments, I guess, seem to be about food, so maybe I'm just hungry. Uh, agree with Aaron completely about the pizza. It has to be eaten Toppings first, cheese, then crust. I would even argue that there's a certain order that you eat the toppings in, but I won't go there. Uh, As for the Tim Hortons ice cream, I really don't care what label they slap on that tub. It's Shaw's ice cream inside, and Shaw's ice cream is fantastic. If you're ever in my home stopping grounds at Port Stanley, Ontario, stop in for an Elgin special. Go hungry, take a friend, and you'll thank me later. Keep up the good work, guys. Cheers. Is it, she's from like the tourism department of Elgin. I was. She's a narc, man. She's a narc. <laughs> Come on. I think she, she and, and she did exactly what she needed to do. Typical narc is blend in. So she's like, I'm calling about the pizza. You know, I agree with the, that the man who, who who hates Tim Hortons that you should eat the toppings first. Uh, also, the Tim Hortons ice cream is going to be great. <laughs> Visit my town. <laughs> uh, and if you want to leave any comments with me, go to narc.ca. No, I think she was from like the tourism department of that town. Did she not like Elgin, Ontario? Go hungry. And I was waiting for like a slogan or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I'll pretend she's not some, you know. Like, how about like a marketing sock puppet is how I would call that. That wasn't a real person. That was a Tim Hortons mm-hmm. creation that wants to get free ad space on nighttime. Yeah, there's a lot of troubling aspects to this feedback uh, that mm-hmm. this individual left. Um, but let's pretend that it's genuine for a second. And I want to thank Rose, I think her name was, mm-hmm. uh, for her support on the how to eat pizza properly. That part you do agree with. Um, Yeah, I do. She got me. Now, keep in mind that we just talked a little bit about Tim Hortons. Uh, This next next voice memo is not going to like the way we've started this episode. Listen to this. (laughs) Hey, Jordan. Colin here from Winnipeg, the place with the longest record for paying it forward in a Tim Hortons drive-thru line. But really... I love the Keep Canada Weird podcast. It's probably the best thing you've done. But I feel it's kind of turned into this Tim Hortons' terrible podcast. And I'm fine with that. I I think Tim's is awful, but at least, like, let's be intentional about it. I'm sure we can get stories from many different listeners. For instance, I have, I was a reference for a good friend of mine for her to get a job there. She got the job and now she's no longer my friend. Now, I don't know if it's related. It might be, probably. Uh, but seriously, I'm a little concerned how much you're talking about these Bieber balls. Is that what they're called? The, the Bieber balls? But seriously, maybe make make this a regular segment instead of tossing it in at random. I think we could probably get a lot of listener content, a lot of listener stories about all the horror stories of Tim Hortons. Just my opinion. So that was, um, so, I think so that it was, sounds like he wants less Tim Hortons and more Tim Hortons talk. I think what at he the same w- time. It's very specific. Uh, Colin wants, I believe, like uh, a more organized approach to bashing Tim Hortons because he agrees like, yeah, it sucks. And there's a, a time and a place to bash it. And the place and time is on nighttime, you know, every Tuesday night. But I think what he wanted is not so much like as we go through the show to just keep going back to like mm-hmm. Tim Hortons is still sucking. I think he's like, you know, have a, a, a section, a segment bashing Tim Hortons. Uh, I will do that. So a, a call out right now to anyone out there who has a story about Tim Hortons. Maybe you work there and it was awful and you want to talk about it. Maybe you want to just talk about your favorite food items there, a bad experience you had there. 
They put cream in your tea instead of milk. You know, whatever. Uh, reach out to us. And I can or in- even, well, let's go as far as to invite defenders oh. who want to come on and challenge our opinions and our thoughts on Tim Hortons. Mm-hmm. I think that's a wonderful idea. Let's um, Let's debate this. Let's talk about it. You know, let's do this the right way. Mm-hmm. If every week we are going to give Tim Hortons a hard time, then we need to open it up to people who disagree. I think uh, people who um, like sound intelligent when they talk would say something like, we could have a dialogue. Yeah, it. well, it's not going to be so much of a dialogue as it is you playing their voice memos and us completely crapping on them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're going to call it a dialogue, though. Just in that format. No, we'll, we'll call it. We'll call it the Tim Hortons dialogue section mm-hmm. of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, and it's good that we'll be able to say whatever we want, and then they won't be able to immediately defend their point of view. Yeah, um, we got a full show tonight, so we got to move away from Tim Hortons. But I will say we are going to come back to it a little later, Colin. So <laughs> we are. Yeah. You may want to turn it off now. Um, mm. We got a full course of topics tonight uh we are going to revisit a topic from last week's episode we are going to attempt to tackle two of canada's greatest either mysteries conspiracy theories or i don't even know what else i'd call them but two great um, canadian questions uh we are going to get into current world events uh we are going to touch on the tragedy that's happening in europe but we are going to do it in a very keep Canada weird way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's, that's it. But I think um, let's start with, uh, I kind of have a plan for how this is going to go based on some things we have coming up. Let's start with um, a little bit about Ukraine and Russia, because as it, as it happens, whenever there's an international event, somehow, I find the Canadian media finds a way to make it local and gives them a way to cover it. Uh, that kind of happened in a unique in a, in a, in a unique way in Montreal that I want to tell you about. Mm, yeah. um, but first, I'll, uh, actually, it happened in Newfoundland as well. Um, I don't know if you know about this, but there's a small-ish town in Newfoundland called Dildo. Do you know about Dildos? Dildo, Newfoundland. Do I know about dildos? Yeah, dildo. I know about dildos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dildo, Newfoundland. They have a, it's a, again, a small town and it's spelt just like it sounds. D-I-L-D-O. <laughs> <laughs> they have a, a sign for their town on a hill that just says dildo. And it's designed to kind of look like the Hollywood sign. But what dildo has done is they uh, have it lit up the colors of the, uh, uh, like the Ukrainian colors. Um as a tribute to Ukraine, but I think what has happened is a Ukrainian TikToker caught wind of this and have like a viral video going around about, you know, how thankful they are for what Dildo did for them. Um, so there's that. That's a, that's one little thing. But it, and I saw another actually two other um, stories that I want to bring up related to this is what's what's happening now. And I agree with this completely is a lot of um companies uh in countries and people are trying to find a way to i guess cut off russia or distance themselves from russia or not do business in russia uh that's really what we're, we're going to be talking about a story of a, a montreal-based restaurant that decided to cut ties with with russia but before we do i want to bring this one up to you is uh, i don't know if you know about this but the international cat federation which is a a body an international body that oversees all different types of cat competitions they've actually banned all russian breeds from their competitions as a way to i guess do their part but it makes for uh mm, it makes yeah, for yeah. A, a weird headline but I guess like every industry like uh, has some way that they can contribute to this effort to like find a diplomatic solution to the problem. And it seems like a good way for people on this part of the in this part of the world to be diplomatic about it is just not to do business with Russia. I, I know. And we're, we're right. Co- well, it's also turning into if you currently do business with Russia, then people are you know, kind of shaming you on social media and, and, and all these kind of things. Um, I saw McDonald's just uh, announced they're shutting yeah, down. Yeah, that was one that came to my mind was McDonald's. People were calling for McDonald's to 
to pull their business out of Russia as well. And mm-hmm. um, it was McDonald's wasn't as quick to respond as other companies were. So, mm-hmm. Um, so that's what you're seeing now is that you're probably as a company, as any company who might have any type of business relationships in or around, you know, in, in Russia is probably like we better do something soon be- or else people are going to, you know, kind of put our, you know, our hey, name yes. all over social media and, and that kind of thing. All right. Now I want to get to the the article that I want to really read you that's related to this. And this this is what brought this topic up. This is um, uh, um, I've been saying Montreal. I'm not actually sure if they're Montreal, but they're in Quebec. But it's a Quebec based restaurant that is uh, is doing their part. The headline for this article that I'm going to skim through. It's a, a Vancouver Sun article. The headline is Quebec restaurant takes the word poutine off menu as a way to denounce Putin. Uh, this company, this restaurant is called Leroy Giuseppe, which is which prides itself on the, as being the inventor of the poutine. So this isn't just this uh, fly by night restaurant that's doing this. So I'll read you a bit of it here. So a Quebec restaurant has removed the word poutine from their menu as a way to denounce Russia's president Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Instead, diners at Leroy Giuseppe in Drummondville, Quebec, will have to settle with ordering la frite fromage sauce, which translates mm. to fries, trees, gravy, when they're craving the comfort dish. And here's, uh, they're going to read from a, a statement that they issued, that the restaurant issued. A dear clients and friends, this evening the Giuseppe team has chosen to temporarily remove the word P star star teen from its trademark in order to express in its own way its deep dismay at the situation in the Ukraine. That's yeah, okay. And then their statement goes on a little bit here. Let me just scroll through a bit. Ooh, Leroy Giuseppe, which prides itself as the inventor of the poutine, poutine, subsequently deleted the Facebook posts due to threatening phone calls and emails that it received. But despite the hateful messages, the restaurant says they're happy. The tiny gesture has made its way to Ukraine. The restaurant added that the move was not a marketing ploy. In a Facebook post on Saturday, Leroy Giuseppe shared a clip from a Radio Canada television of a, of a Ukrainian thanking them for the gesture. What do you think of taking that step? It's it's unique and it has like a bit of shock value. And if they didn't do it intentionally as a marketing ploy, it would certainly work. But it is a cool statement. Who was angry about it though? Like like they said they got threatening messages. Who oh, sh- who was so I'm, angry about it? I'm sure it was just like you know this whole thing with Russian bots and all this stuff you hear about. Oh yeah yeah yeah. For it could sure. be it could be that or there's like I've mm. seen people online who are supportive uh, of russia i've like so and and there's always the vocal minority especially when you're like writing something on facebook that's getting shared around so i'm not surprised that they would get i don't think you can write anything and on the internet and if enough people see it you're gonna get you're gonna get yeah a good you know five percent of them are gonna just completely destroy you you're or even maybe even less but you'll notice them those mm-hmm. those well they're, they're so much more noticeable yeah the, the negative like for example like last week when i got that voice memo about the straw from that guy it's like on this show i say like thousands of people have seen me drink heard me drinking from the straw heard me talk about it and were supportive one guy mumbozo writes in with like a threatening message about it. Yeah, so and you haven't been able to sleep since then. Mm-hmm. It's been awful, but it, it happens. Uh, my friend Christy Lee, who hosts Canadian True Crime podcast, we talked about dealing with haters, and she sent me this kind of like article that this kind of motivational speaker type person had published, in a, and it resonated with me. The article, in essence, was saying something like, you know, if there's if you have any kind of audience, if people pay attention to what you do, you cannot get out of harsh criticism. And the the way they the way he put it in perspective, uh, the analogy he used is like if you have a big enough audience, you could put a picture of your cat like asleep on a on the couch, and the type the um, comment or whatever, like the subtitle or whatever for the picture, the caption could simply say like This is my cat. My cat makes my life better." Uh, and that could be your post. And if there's enough people mm-hmm. who look at what you do, someone is going to write like, you're a pervert. You look at your cat sexually. Like, why don't you and your cat kill yourself? You know, this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And and it is so true. That's like people are that nuts. So I uh, 
I get it, but um, I think this was a nice gesture. Um, yeah, with... yeah, I get it too. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 harmless. It's you know, it's it's at the end of the day, it's it's fries and gravy and cheese. Let's not you know get too uh, upset. We don't need. Yeah, I agree. Um, we're going to take a short break because we have uh, the nighttime political correspondent is going to be joining us in a moment here. And we're going to we've actually this may be like a political special because we just talked about Ukraine and Russia, which is an international affair. Mm. Now we're about to go pretty deep into Canadian politics and try to get to the surface of one of Canada's great mysteries. So we're going to have a short break here and I'll be right and we'll be right back with, with our correspondent. So, Katie, uh, I want to introduce you. Uh, I guess the best way would to say is to say like you're a, a writer, blogger, journalist. Is that how you would? Yeah, think? yeah, that'd That's be about right. Okay, but I, you, you, we met first because uh, someone was like, you got to check out this Twitter thread. Um, there's Katie, not I.E., has been keeping track of um, every time Justin Trudeau corrects his hair in interviews so i found the thread and i went through and i was like oh my god like she's put a lot of work into finding interviews or press releases where he fixes his hair what's the story with that why did you do why are you doing this yeah so like at the beginning of kind of covid like when he would do his little daily briefings on um his front steps there was a time when it was getting pretty dark. Like it was at the beginning of COVID. Nobody knew what was going on. And it was just all bad news. And there's one day, I think in late March, early April, um, that he just like, it was when his hair still was relatively short. And uh, he just like ran his fingers through his hair. And it was just like, oh, oh. <laughs> and he did it in such this oddly specific way that like this odd stress, but he, he, he touches his hair not just like a like one through flip like he like grabs his hair at the same time and i was just like okay <laughs> and so i just started following them because his hair kept getting longer and he was always outdoors so like the wind would come and he'd like have to grab his hair so i just i kept following them and actually i think a hair touch just happened a few weeks ago oh so, yeah, yeah I, i'm two years into this <laughs> wow that that is an odd hobby but i i do enjoy it um so congratulations on finding your niche in political reporting and that's about as, as, as deep as i like to get into politics so you cover kind of the political news i like to hear um yeah well i i always say i know more about politicians than i know politics and actually i ended up in the new york times talking about justin trudeau's hair because are you of, serious yeah oh, wow. yeah uh, because of and, this yeah, because I, I was always tracking his hair, and I I have a funny story about that that can maybe relate later to a conspiracy theory that was about Justin Trudeau. Okay. But when the New York Times person called me, I thought she was calling me for an absolute other reason. So I kind of sound like an idiot in the interview because I thought she was interviewing me about a conspiracy theory when she was just literally asking me about Justin Trudeau's <laughs> hair. It was a total miscommunication. <laughs> it was it's terrible. But yes, yes. Anyway, yes. Right. Hello. How are Hi. you? We are wonderful. Now, I want to play. Mm -hmm. uh, we have two topics to get into. Uh, I'm going to play a voice memo. That's going that a listener sent in that's going to lead us into this. So I'm going to play it now. Hopefully you can both hear this. All right. So when I heard that Tim Hortons um, sold or stopped using their brand of coffee and that McDonald's picked it up, I, my mind was blown and that was a few years ago now. Um, and it's just remained like some sort of urban legend, but I, I, think you should do an expose um on on this brand change and the fact that they sold the whole brand to like somebody else and they've been going downhill ever since but um i think you could find out pretty easily um get some proof that uh that mcdonald's sells their old brand so that's how it ends now this the the urban legend is that's a good word the urban legend the caller is referring to is is one that i've heard many times in fact i every time i heard it it wasn't portrayed as an urban legend it was told to me as fact have you heard this before either of you 
Um, yeah, I heard it before. Some I've heard it from a few different people that said that Tim Hortons, yeah, or that McDonald's had acquired the beans or the contract to those beans or whatever it was, uh, the magic beans that Tim's claims to use is, but... To me, it never made any sense because McDonald's coffee doesn't taste anything like Tim Hortons ever did or does. So it never made sense to me. I find, though, I used to love Tim Hortons coffee, and now I can hardly drink it. So I don't know if my tastes have changed or their beans have changed. But the the, the way I heard the story was that um, when they stopped doing their... Uh, like baking in store, all that stuff with their baked goods. They also changed where they were roasting their beans or something. And what I, the the story I heard is that when they started roasting their own beans, who used to roast their beans, then started doing it for McDonald's. And now McDonald's has you know, right. the superior coffee. But um, Katie, have you, have you heard this story before? Do you know anything about this? I know you're a coffee drinker or no, you drank weird tea stuff, right? I, I drink tea um, only because I used to work at Tim Hortons. And um, oh. a, a quick story about that is one time I was working at Tim Hortons and I lived in an apartment with a laundry and I had to clean my uniform in the sink. And when I put it in the sink, it went like coffee brown and oh. it just disgusted me. And I like, I'll drink coffee at home, but like I, I cannot stomach to drink Tim Hortons coffee. It makes me think of sink water now. Uh. Um but no, I actually, I've never heard this conspiracy theory. I, I've heard the conspiracy theory that Tim Hortons puts cocaine and nicotine in their coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've heard that one too. Did, but did... your timeline kind of does sync up with, I know I worked at Tim Hortons as um, a teen and then as an adult, quote unquote. Um, and between those times, there's a shift to fair trade beans. Mm-hmm. So it, it would make sense to me that the beans did change, but I don't know if like, I don't know who, if McDonald's claims to also be fair trade. I don't remember anything about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the timeline works. Okay. I think I got us to the bottom of it and it was pretty easy. I did a Google search for uh, keywords like Tim Hortons, mcdonald's supplier mcdonald's bought tim horton's coffee beans these sorts of things and oddly enough there was a ton of articles and blog posts and all this stuff kind of questioning it but i wasn't it took me a little bit to find an actual like source from within tim horton's that actually answered the question Uh, i'm going to read you a little bit up from an article where it's like the ceo i believe that yeah the ceo Yeah, the COO, the chief operating officer, answers this question. So this is from a Yahoo Life article. The the headline is, no, Tim Hortons did not sell its coffee recipe to McDonald's. So here's a bit of the article. So it says, Tim Hortons wants you to know that it did not sell any aspect of its closely guarded coffee recipe, including its supplier, its beans, or its blends to its competitor, McDonald's. And here's the quote from the COO. I don't know why this story originated or how it grew to the way it did, but I can 100% confirm that it is a complete myth, says Mike Hancock, Tim Hortons COO in an interview with Yahoo Finance this week. In fact, he says, there are just three employees in the company that actually know the formula for blending and roasting the Tim Hortons coffee that goes into a double-double. Again, quoting him, our coffee recipe is the most valuable asset in this entire company, Hancock said. We have not sold or shared any part of our coffee business with any uh, competitor. But that's about as close, I guess, as we're going to get to debunking it. You have the COO saying it's not true. But I could see how a myth like this would would develop. Um, Are you two on the fence? Do you think this is a complete urban legend and untrue? Do you think there's any chance there could be validity to this? Yeah, no, I don't believe it at all. I Mm. think um, I think McDonald's said, you know what? McDonald's put a ton of like money and effort into creating a coffee that will rival you know places like yeah because mcdonald's goes down to even making their straws like a certain shape so that like pop tastes better at mcdonald's yeah mcdonald's is pretty down to a science to tim horton's cup like from every aspect of their coffee um they they knew the audience they were going for and then they just tried to make the most accessible best cup of coffee they could that would be mass producible to to the 
you know, the market that Tim Hortons is in. I think I'm more surprised that Tim Hortons closely guards such a f***ing shitty coffee recipe in my <laughs> well, that's <laughs> they Yeah. That's what's They're so like, crazy only three about people it. know our coffee recipe. Yeah. And there's only like... three people who want to know your <laughs> <shitty> recipe. <laughs> Um, we take it because it's available we don't actually want it yeah you're lucky yeah. on the corner yeah. um <laughs> one of the great uh tim horton's urban legends actually i i tackled this on the show on nighttime in the past years ago and did get to the bottom of it katie have you ever heard the story about the per the tim horton's drive-through in halifax that if you asked for a 15 pack of timbits they would give you a 12 pack with a gram of marijuana inside and charge you, you know, 27 bucks or whatever. Now, this is funny. I didn't work at that Tim Hortons, but okay. the Tim Hortons I worked at, that definitely happened. So that's absolutely okay. True. The, the one, <laughs> the one in the South end is, um, of Halifax. That was when I moved to Halifax, I had heard my, actually my brother told me that we, he's like, we used to go through the drive through and get weed by asking for a 15 pack. And I thought it was crazy. Uh, and then a couple years later, I thought I should figure out if that was actually true. And I managed to connect with the, the, uh, a woman who was, um, working the drive through and actually got arrested and charged with, uh, drug trafficking for selling drugs out of the window. So it was true, but a she came on my show, uh, and uh, told me her side of the story and much like every, or not every, but much like a lot of people who get charged with criminal offenses, uh, she claims that it was actually the one time she ever did it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, as, yeah. and then as a thank you for coming on my show, I sent her a Tim Hortons gift card in the mail uh, <laughs> or, or through email. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was cute of me. But yeah, that, um... that is also a true story for the Portland Street Tim Hortons in downtown Darwin. So <laughs> of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, But now I'm going to move on to the next part of this segment. So the, the reason I initially invited you to talk, uh, Katie, is I when I, I got this voice memo about that, that we had just listened to about um, the Tim Hortons and McDonald's coffee beans, I thought, you know, that's one of the great Canadian urban legends, at least to me. I've heard it so many times. Like, I'd love to get to the bottom of it. But then I thought of another one. And I know that this this is one that you're uniquely placed to answer because i know i've seen you post about it i know you think about it a lot uh there has been a lot of discussion especially for some reason during the freedom convoy stuff but there is a lot of discussion surrounding the urban legend that justin trudeau is actually the son of fidel castro and there is there's a lot of images going around on the internet where their their faces are appear side by side and they certainly look alike Tell, tell me, like, maybe first of all, some of the background on this. How long ago did you first hear the theory that Justin Trudeau is Castro's son? And is there any legitimacy to any of this? Okay, first off, no. Justin Trudeau is not Fidel Castro's son. But um, they look alike. They look so much alike. <laughs> okay, but, like, have you looked at a photo of his mother when he's young, and when she's young, or Pierre Trudeau with a beard? And... He looks like his parents. He does. He does resemble Fidel Castro. So, um, I think I first heard about this about 2015, around the time he was elected, mm -hmm. and um, it kind of goes back to there's this one photo where Pierre and Margaret Trudeau, Margaret Trudeau being Justin Trudeau's mother, are with Fidel Castro. And Fidel Castro is holding a baby, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, that's Justin Trudeau! Justin Trudeau's Fidel Castro's baby." And the thing is, in the photo, it's it's not even Justin Trudeau as a baby; it's his brother Michelle. Oh, um, I, I didn't know that. I, I know the photo you're looking at, you're talking about. They're like, I think they're outside of a plane, and Castro's kind of like looking lovingly at the baby, and Trudeau's mom is like looking lovingly at Castro. Right. So yes, I'm going to get into that in a minute. Um, okay. But there's also a very small shred of evidence that a lot of conspiracy theorists hold on to. So during the FLQ crisis, um, which happened from October into December of 1970, um, Fidel Castro sent uh, Pierre Trudeau. He kind of like Biden Zelensky, like uh, Castro offered Trudeau to get out of Canada while this whole crisis was happening. Mm -hmm. um, and allegedly, some people say like this was the invitation and the start of a relationship of Pierre and Margaret Trudeau 
and Castro. However, Justin Trudeau was born on December 25th, 1971. So unless she was visiting for like four or five months, that timeline doesn't really work out. Uh, don't all um, don't all politicians have like fake birth certificates and stuff though? Was it, you know, remember in the U.S. it was like, show me your birth certificate. Maybe they just yeah. kind of employed that. Well, the the thing is with Justin Trudeau being born on Christmas Day in 1971, pretty much every piece of media was there. Um, mm. it, we're pretty clear, and especially it happened at another time. His brother has the exact same birthday as him, um, so there's mm. two Trudeaus that were born December 25th. Mm. Um, but anyway, so a lot of people hold on to the shred of evidence. The whole thing that kind of bothers me about this whole conspiracy theory is that, like, it definitely isn't true. But it also certainly is kind of misogynistic. Um, mm. It kind of goes after his mother in a way that, like, you know, she was sleeping around. Mm. And, you know, it also discounts Pierre Trudeau, uh, his ability to be a leader because apparently he had to let somebody fuck his wife to be able to make a friendship like the whole thing's kind of messed up and, and it also happened again during the we scandal that happened in canada everyone went after justin trudeau's mother so like again she was involved in the media saying yeah has justin trudeau ever like addressed this because it's all over the internet right yeah i i don't think he has because like i mean fidel castro was at pierre trudeau's funeral and there's photos of them together mm -hmm. um but I, I don't think he said anything like when you don't want it to be true, which it'd be real if it was true, honestly. But yeah, I'd be there for when, like that kind of thing. But I, I get the the dark side of it is, it, yeah, I never thought of it being an attack on Trudeau's mom and dad. I, I yeah, never... and like, and if yeah, he ever like, responded to it, it would give legitimacy to the conspiracy if he responded to it, I think. Like yeah. the fact that he was even giving it attention. Maybe he should release would... a statement where he tackles this. He talks about Ramona Digula and her throne. Uh, and then we can just put all this stuff to bed. Um, but there are there are other great Canadian mysteries. We'll solve them later. But let's wait for the listeners to come up with something better about Trudeau than this. And when we do, when they do, we'll have you back, Katie, to help us uh, Absolutely. debunk or prove to. it true. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. For people who want to uh, follow you on Twitter, uh, which I highly recommend, Katie, because your coverage of uh, politics and the COVID pandemic is a lot more interesting than everyone else's. How do they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at katynotie. That's K-A-T-Y not I-E. I don't know, Aaron, but I think we may have just solved an urban legend. I'm quite satisfied with that. Yeah, no, well, we we really totally solved two completely compelling you know, mysteries, massive conspiracy theories out there. <laughs> um, completely put them to bed. It's it's. Uh, it's a oh lot yeah, of there's there is no night. debate. A lot of websites need to do updates to remove any references to uh, Justin Castro or anything related to the coffee beans, but um, yeah, I got something really cool to end on tonight. Uh, this is also comes from a listener, a piece of listener feedback. Uh, and it's actually listener feedback to listener feedback that opened this whole world to me that has swallowed up my week. It's been one of the best things to happen to me in a long time is this message. So, just to back us up here, last week we had uh, an American listener um, send us a message, a voice memo, where he told us that uh, I saw this thing on TikTok about, you know, Alberta not having any rats. That's, a, you know, you guys should do a story on that. That's a cool story. So mm -hmm. we did a bit of Googling on the show and we found out that, yes, in fact, Alberta is the largest landmass in the world, I believe, that doesn't have rats in it. And we talked a little bit about why that is to be. Uh, and then we moved on and did our episode. However, when I released that episode, I got a message from a listener named Meg on Instagram. And Meg, I believe, is from Newfoundland. And what Meg had told me is, um, you know, I was listening to your show and the segment on the rats uh, in Alberta reminded me of one of the best things that I've ever seen. And she's like, if you don't know this, you're going to absolutely love it. And she just sent me a link to a CBC article that that had a video accompanying it and it is i can't believe i've gone the last several years without knowing about 
what I'll refer to as the Kelligrew, I believe is the name of the town. The Kelligrew rat nut is how I will describe this, <laughs> right, this yeah, person. Yeah. So yeah. luckily this video, and I've shared it with you, so we're able to play it and talk about it. But this, um, I've never seen CBC do this before, but it looks like they were out doing a story like a pretty like a fluff piece as i would call it in journalism where they were just doing a story about a man who had complaints about the amount of rats that are in his neighborhood in an area called caligrews newfoundland while doing their story like without even exaggerating all hell breaks loose and it is so intense and insane that cbc they ended up changing it so that rather than covering this like rat complaint that this guy had they covered kind of the insanity that unfolded and they released like the full raw or pretty much the full raw video of the whole yeah, thing going down raw. <laughs> uh, so raw. before we get into the video and kind of break down and talk through the video i'm going to read you a little bit of the article that they wrote uh that outlines you know how this article how this video came about and then we'll go through it piece mm. by piece so the headline of the cbc article and this isn't new this is a, a an article from may of 2014 and again the reason it's relevant is because it was in our response to or in a response to the rat story we did so the article's headline is rats are the focus of a Kellegrew's yelling match uh and i'll read you a bit of it and then we'll get into the video so the article says a yelling match erupted after a man in Conception Bay South blamed nearby garbage for an apparent rat problem. But another neighbor said the pile has nothing to do with it. Glenn Simpson said he's put out rat poison, but his property in Caligrews is still overrun by rats chewing up his fence and digging holes under his shed and porch. Uh, he blames this problem on a number of things, one of them being the uh, the amount of garbage piling up near a neighbor's home um so that's kind of the background but what happens is when cbc is doing this story the neighbor who's kind of being pulled into this story with this accusation does not take too kindly uh of having cbc reporters and camera people on their property so what i've done is i i took a, a good chunk of the video and i broke it up into about four sections uh, which really tell the story so mm-hmm. I'm going to start by playing a section where we meet the man who's actually lodging the complaint. Um, his la- his name is Glenn Simpson. So th- to set up this video, what is happening is Glenn Simpson is standing outside his home with a CBC reporter asking him a few questions about this rat complaint. I can only assume that Glenn Simpson was unhappy about the rats and the way the city was handling it, that he probably wrote an email to CBC and they sent out like a reporter. Yeah, he was taking matters into his own hands. Yeah, they they sent a reporter on a slow Yeah, they're not going to help me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this story and... Uh, I'm calling CBC. And, and fix it that way. I'm getting CBC in. Uh, and here's how it starts. Big rats. Huge rats. So that's all I can explain to you is just rats. And have you seen more than one at a time? More than one at a time, yes. I watched a cat take a rat here one night in its mouth and go off with it. I mean, nobody, obviously no one wants rats in their home or, or around their home, but why are you so frustrated about this? Because of the garbage that's around here. Dump back there. And if some of this was cleaned up, there probably wouldn't be rats around. So have you been putting rat traps around yourself? Poison. I've been putting on poison on my property to keep the rats. Where's this problem coming from? Next door here. This area down here. There's a pizza place over here. It closed up. When the dumpster was removed, the rats came over here looking for food. You can see for yourself, there's a rat trap, a huge rat trap next to that building. There is a rat problem here. So it starts off pretty typical. He's uh, he's outside his home. He's explaining to the journalist, you know, the issues he's having. He's kind of doing it in a kind of playful, unique way. I, I find the way he's answering her questions kind of funny. Like uh, she'd be like, um, <laughs> she asked if, do you see rats? And he said, I suck. A cat took one, took him in his mouth. Mm, yeah. it's, it's like he's describing this horror scene. Um but but so far, it's coming across to me as 
they're going to stand outside his house for a few minutes, get a bit of footage and have, you know, a, a 40 second little piece on the local news is so far it's it's kind of working there. Do you have anything to say about how this starts? At, at this point in time, I'm thinking the CBC reporter is like, what a slow news day this has been that I'm <laughs> that I'm in this guy's backyard interviewing him about how he feels there are just there's a massive rat problem in his backyard <laughs> yeah, and th there's no rats in sight either i love she's just like where are they <laughs> yeah yeah like this is this is such a common problem that people just deal with themselves and move on but this this gentleman has taken into his own hands to get cbc down they're like well unfortunately i have nothing better to do today so i'm going to come down and cover this story and so this is just like kind of a yawn fest at this point mm -hmm. for the reporter uh, so what what's going to happen next is glenn simpson the complainant we'll call him he's going to bring us over to uh behind his home so he has his house he has a backyard with a shed there's a fence on the other side of that fence there's like an apartment building in the dumpster or the garbage box i guess they call it in Kellegrews, newfoundland for that apartment building is kind of next to his fence. And so he's going to bring the journalist over there and show where he thinks the rats are coming from. So let's, let's pick it up where we left off. <laughs> yeah. And that's right, right next to a restaurant. So garbage. Mm -hmm. Gotta be cleaned up. Look at the mess over there. Look, mattresses and junk. And that's almost right on your property. That's almost on my property. You can smell that dirty box. Look when the wind blows. And so you're saying you've seen them around this garbage box? Is that your issue? Is that why you got the camera on? I don't have an issue, ma'am. We're just we're just doing a story for CBC. Well, is that his issue? It's the garbage. Well, listen, you go to hell because you come back here and talk to us. If you're filming a news segment and someone comes out of a building with like their hair pulled back and sunglasses on and like a army camo kind of shirt, telling yelling for you to go to hell, uh, it's not a good day. This. Um, it's only getting started at this point, but what we just saw happen is while they're standing outside of this garbage box, someone comes out of the apartment building, obviously saw them filming, and she is uh, she is not happy at all that they're outside poking around near her garbage box. Uh, some bad. There was some expletives thrown around. She certainly <clears throat> felt that uh, her neighbor should go to hell for bringing the news there. Well, yeah, he's, this is, the, you know, the neighbor before they came out is looking out and seeing this guy's at it again. You know, he's, he's got, cause he's probably been, you know, pestering this neighbor over this garbage that's piled up over by the dumpster. Um, and it's been driving him crazy for how, however long it's been there. And it's just been a constant issue between the two of them. And so this neighbor looks at the window and is like, now he's got a TV crew here and he's filming the garbage. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like, we, we saw her already. She's mad. Uh, and it was kind of, if I was that CBC yeah. reporter, although she, the reporter probably has a camera person with them, uh, I still would have been kind of freaked out at this point. It's about to get scarier. When we pick up from the video, uh, when we pick up on the story, uh, the man who was sta initially making the complaint was standing with the reporter. But when this lady came out of her, her apartment, he kind of takes off and he's going. Oh, yeah, he's gone. <laughs> we'll, we'll see that in the next in the next clip. Yeah. And, and the lady's basically going to go after him. So here's here's how what happens next. It's our garbage, but it is getting picked up. Who the hell is he? So I don't appreciate you guys coming around here, filming whatever the case may be, unless you ask questions. I can ask questions if well, you want. Well, you know, like. Yo, yo, you're already a creep in the f neighborhood. So you want to come out? You see how fast you backed off? Come on, you little f creep. We're not trying to cause any trouble. And I get that. I get that. I'm not yelling at you guys by no bloody means. But the likes of that wants to come out. Come on. 
Have What's you, his issue? Have you noticed a rat problem here? Uh, no, uh, actually, the, the, the municipal policy was already here. I talked to that lady. You know, we had one when this pizza place was on the go. Now, guess what? The pizza place gone, road is gone, no rat issue. You know what I'm saying? So, listen, that dude don't need to f squat. He don't know what he's talking about. And then you guys come out in here on our where we rent? No, no, no. Wrong song. Wrong song. So we're still not done yet, but that got pretty close to getting ugly. So we, we see him take off when she comes out. And for one, I absolutely don't blame him because she was ready to throw down with this guy. Uh, oh, well, anybody like the I'm surprised that, you know, I really got to hand it to the reporter like they s stood their ground and didn't didn't kind of back off. They just kind of, you know, professionally handled the situation like, oh, you know, it's. We're just here to report on, you know, what we were called about or whatever. The rat but, thing. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. I, but I, I don't know what they could have done. Like the scene, there's one scene where he kind of takes off and she's going towards him and he's coming back and uh, coming back in her direction at one point as she's shouting at him. It looked like it was about to become physical and yeah. they, they kept the camera on it the whole time. Where, like, I wonder if it had have gotten physical. Would they have just filmed it and reported on that? I don't know. Luckily, it didn't. Well, they would have filmed it. It would have went into some kind of piece of evidence and some kind of a yeah. court case, of assault, this or that. You know, uh, um, they would have had a whole other kettle of fish on their hands. Yeah. Just for the record, though, if this had gotten physical between these two, do you think this guy would have had a prayer or would she have just beat the ever loving crap out of him? I think he just would have ran like she she would probably get a shot or two in and he would just run like, you know, he he looks like he's a fast runner. And I don't know why he does to me, but I just look at him and I'm like, that guy can run. Yeah. Um, and she looks like not someone you'd want to cross. She got that. She has a hat on backwards, sunglasses. I don't take on. her for a runner, though. I don't take her for a runner. That's she's, a good point. She's going to come at him and start throwing haymakers you know like just just hard rights and lefts with with no aim just all force you know and he's just gonna he's gonna zoom out of there with a cloud of rat dust behind <laughs> well let's finish off the video so there's one last segment so up until now she is at full blast freaking out yelling expletives uh calling him a creep a lot for poking around at the night in the night yeah the creep thing is she's she's very specific about using the word creep over and over again with him you're always here creeping around at night and all this stuff and, yeah it's a little weird but um, I, I wonder obviously if, going through the garbage yeah just seeing where the rats are coming from well here's how the here's how it ends and it kind of ends on a, a sort of sweet note so check this out you creep around in the nighttime all you want but don't you come back here disturbing us i'll tell you that right now dude or you'll see garbage, I'll throw it over your face. And then call 911. Party's on the dance floor. So what are that? Have a good day, folks. What's your name? Deanna King. Deanna King? Yep. Thanks, Deanna. No problem. And that's it. They they end with, she kind of has her catchphrase at, at the end about the fire on the dance floor or something. I don't, uh, I don't know what that is a reference to, but she sure uh, ended it um by going down in great video history that is an amazing piece of footage yeah the way she gestures with her hands and the way she referenced the dance floor thing at the end she's always like it's almost like she's in a rap video yeah know? and she's she's like she's spitting a, a mad rhyme at the at the rap man well it's funny you um, say that did you know that somebody took this video and like remixed it into like a song well, of course they did. Hey, yo, yo, you go to hell. You creep around in the nighttime all you f***ing want. But don't you come back here disturbing us. I'll tell you that right now, dude. Or you'll see garbage. I'll throw it over your face. And then... So I think you get the idea. Well, someone in the chat, uh, Kyle in the chat, said that uh, she's referencing a Sean Kingston song. Okay, he's like a reggae kind of singer, or like a, a, there's a name for that style of music. Um, I'm not privy to anything new in the last 15 years or 20 years. Yeah, so she's referencing I'm, something that is over her She's referencing that, I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah Sean Kingston so. fans that are listening are probably 
hitting their head off their desks. Um, but anyway, that's an amazing piece of video. I'm it's a really amazing video, and uh, it's a nice slice of life. In Newfoundland, eh? in Kelligrew's Newfoundland? Like, what I was thinking, like, Alberta doesn't have a rat problem, but Kelligrew's Newfoundland has a very, like, on-brand Newfoundland-style rat problem. I dig that. Uh, I don't know. I wonder whatever happened to these people. I would like to... She says her name at the end. I would love to reach out to her and see if I can connect with her. If anyone from Kelligrew's knows her, I would um, love to talk to her. Or yeah, him. it'd be great to have her on the show. Or, yeah, have or him, them too. On. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's rehash the issue. Yeah, bring that back uh, up. Let's bring it back up and uh, air it out on Keep Canada Weird. Yeah, in well, between in between segments when we're screaming at Tim Hortons. Um, exactly. Um, well, let's start wrapping this up. I want to end by uh, anyone who has a unique story about Tim Hortons. Let us know. I've done a, I've done a series in the past that I I actually I called it weird tim hortons and i did an episode where it was different stories from tim hortons that were really unique and weird i'd like that could become like a kind of a series on the show if we get enough people uh that had stories to tell and something else that interests me that i'd be i'd like to call out for idea uh for stories for is um i find like weird things happen in gas stations late at night and i have a feeling that anyone who works back shift at a gas station for any length of time, have some like cool stories about what Canada's really like. Um, I'd like mm. to hear from those people. Do you got anything you'd like to hear? Um, well, yeah. I mean, anyone who works back shift anywhere probably has weird stories to tell. About, it's a good uh, point. You know, so not 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 specifically a uh, a gas station. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's especially with even even older memories of Tim Hortons too, of of how Tim Hortons used to be. Hmm. Um, you know, the things that they used to sell there, the things that used to be really good there, you know, it'd be good to get some memories of the glory days of Tim Hortons. Hmm. Um, I will end also with a very short update. Last week, I talked a lot about my visit with, um, or my meeting with Queen Romana, the fake queen of Canada. Just a a brief update. I saw um, her... She she was on a kind of a convoy with her followers going around the country. Uh, something went horribly wrong in Newfoundland, and almost all of her people in her RVs are mad at her, and they left. And they're like, got out of the RV somewhere in Newfoundland. It looks like they're in like a Walmart parking lot. I, I watched a video of it, basically leaving her and like two other people in these RVs to like drive them, I think back to like wherever she's from BC or whatever. Uh, And then it's led to like this big kind of fracturing within her group where uh, some of her kind of main people are now accusing her of bad things that include like, you know, taking a financial advantage of people and such, which, you know, every cult like them, uh, you know, that's, that seems to be a part of it, but thought I'd give that update if anyone's interested. I noticed, um, Mm antihate.ca they're they're like kind of journalist website who cover a lot of like far right groups and stuff they they've covered uh the QAnon queen ramona digila a lot and they have an article that or a thread they just posted that that gets into uh what's been going on with her for anyone who's interested uh somebody somebody in the chat when i talked about what happened they said like holy crap treason talking about the queen uh that's actually the word she used is treason uh, in the message that she sent to let people know what's happening. Here's, here's what she said. Here's what the queen said to like, let people know that the group is fractured. She said in the time of war, it is an act of treason for those who abandon their queen slash commander in chief. You may not respect the person, but one should always respect the office in which the person holds. It's been earned whether you're conscious of it or not. And so it is. I don't play politics. And then it's signed Queen Romana. No, no. So it's gotten bad. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. There's some mudslinging going on. Yep. Yeah, and absolutely. There's been a lot of mudslinging. What is the theme of this show? Is this has it been political? I guess we get into... um we we've touched on politics. More than uh, we've ever have. More it? than we want to, maybe. Mm. We try to steer clear of anything. Politics. Legitimately is... <laughs> political, um, but 
Yeah, but we yeah. went there. Well, until next time, Aaron, uh, I'm sure we're going to get some feedback on this that will uh, help guide our discussion next week. If something like what happened in Caligrews happened in your hometown, let us know because I would love to watch more videos like that. Aaron, until next time. Jordan, take a look. It's in a book. It's a reading rainbow. And the party's on the dance floor. I want to thank you for joining Aaron and I for our Keep Canada Weird discussion. But before we part, I'm going to give some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing an evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. Also, a big thanks to Katie Jean for joining us tonight. Most importantly, however, I want to give a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, the show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, please listen on the premium feed. And not only does it make the show possible, it'll give you more of each topic than you find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly. So for about the price of a cup of coffee, help the show out and get more of it at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And on the topic of the premium feed, let me thank the newest supporters of the show. Amanda, TGF, Tara, April, and Melissa, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, or if you want to give feedback on the show, or if you want to contribute a voice memo for an upcoming episode, you can do all of that at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. And you can also find me on social media. I use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm often live on the Nighttime Podcast YouTube channel. So until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Beautiful, serene, majestic, the true north, strong and weird.